In this episode of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze, Hal takes the reins as host and talks with Greg Burns of IPX 1031, a company that solely handles 1031 exchanges in real estate. 1031 is a reference to a tax code that allows you to defer your taxes in the sale of a property and transfer it to another replacement investment property. With the boom of investments in real estate over other commodities, getting as much knowledge as you can for this tax code is pretty important. That is why Hal and Greg are having this discussion in order to make sure you know whether you're an investor or looking to shift from commodities to real estate, whether it be in California or elsewhere in the United States, this episode is for you. Welcome to the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze. I am Hal Swayze. I'm the host today. Mr. James Bueno is on vacation. He gets to go once every four or five years. So I have a special guest. It's just going to be me and Mr. Greg Burns. And Greg Burns works with a company called IPX, and that is a 1031 exchange accommodator. Hey, Greg, why don't you tell people uh, the company you work for a little bit about what you do, how long you've been doing it, just so people know what we're talking about here. Yeah, so IPX 1031 is a qualified intermediary, accommodator, facilitator. We facilitate exchange transactions. Uh, we've been in the business for about 28 years. Uh, I've been with the company for about 23 and so we facilitate uh, 1031 exchange transactions all over the country. Let's kind of start out with a couple of basic questions. Why is a 1031 exchange? What does that mean? And how is that different from someone just selling their home? So 1031 is a section code that follows investment property. So, you know, your primary residence is covered under Section 121, which says basically if you live in a property for two of the last five years, you can take a $500,000 exemption if you're married or a $250,000 exemption if you're single. And 1031 is a tax code which covers investment properties, which allows investors to move between investment properties without having to have to pay taxes every time that they sell them. So it's a way that you can sell an investment property and defer the taxes on the sale of that property into a new property. Real estate is really taxed preferred as an investment. I mean, obviously, I don't know anywhere else where you can have a gain of 500000 and and not pay taxes on it for most normal people. So that's pretty special. And you can't take stocks and sell them and do a 1031, can you? You cannot. So only real estate qualifies for that. And, and, and as you're aware, that real estate all kinds has all kinds of tax advantages. So one of the things people get worried about is some of the restrictions with a 1031. What, what are those in terms of like timing and that sort of thing? I think that one of the things that people hear a lot is like-kind exchanges. I got to buy a like-kind property, so I own you know, a residential single family home, does that mean I have to go buy another residential single family home? Or maybe they're, you know, selling their business and they want to use the funds to go buy maybe a residential property. So the rules, the like-kind rules for real estate are pretty broad. Uh, they just basically say that if you uh, hold the property as an investment uh, and it's real estate, then you can use those funds to go buy another property that you intend to hold for investment or business use. And the timelines can be a little tough, uh, the probably the hardest part of an exchange is locating that property within that 45-day identification period. So you have 45 days from the date that escrow closes on your sale to identify the property that you'd like to purchase. And then you'd have another 135 days after that to get it to close. So it's a total of 180 days. Gotcha. Yeah. It's interesting how uh, me, because I do both, I've done them personally and for clients, 
do a regular sale and I still have a lot of clients that go, well, if I sell my home, you know, do I have to go repurchase another home? And, and on your residence and your primary, it, it's, it's just a separate transaction. So no, you don't have to. On the 1031, you do. What are some of the trends you're seeing from your perspective? Because you're in the middle of all these 1031s in terms of like, what are a lot of your clients doing moving out of a certain type of property or an area? How, how, what does that look like for you these days? I think right now we're seeing a definite flight to quality. So we're seeing clients that are, you know, maybe exchanging out of properties and areas where, you know, I think the the last recession that we went through is still kind of fresh on a lot of people's minds. And so I think people are moving into areas, you know, like San Luis Obispo, where, you know, the market conditions didn't change as much. They're selling out of areas, uh, you know, like maybe a Santa Maria where, you know, they took a bigger hit. Uh, So we're seeing definitely a flight to quality. Now we're also seeing, uh, you know, clients that are exchanging the passive types of investments where they don't have to be active property managers anymore. Uh, we're seeing a fair amount of exchanges out of state. We're seeing, you know, uh, uh, you know, properties in, uh, you know, exchanging from California to places like Tennessee uh, is a big market. We're seeing, in fact, I would probably guess that maybe we have single-handedly as Californians have doubled or tripled the value of real estate prices in Idaho over the past probably <laughs> 24 to 28 months. Right. Um, but we, we you know we see people do, uh, you know, exchange 1031s of federal tax code so you can exchange anywhere inside the U.S. So, uh, you know, we have clients that are exchanging for all the properties all over the country. Yeah, it's interesting that you would say that because in my personal experience here, there seems to be a lot of 1031 buyers here, meaning they've sold something or they're in escrow and they need to repurchase. And I try to explain, and they might be purchasing something that's someone's residence, but they'll use it as an investment for a while. So, so let, let's talk about that. If someone has a little house they bought, you know, they were young and, and they moved out of it, but they kept it as a rental and it was in San Jose and they paid 300000 now it's selling for a million dollars. And I know that's too low, but let's say they got a million dollars. They don't <laughs> want to pay taxes, so it's probably a million five. And they right. buy a house in San Luis Obispo. They can't move right into it, can they? No, so we do have kind of a lot of people doing that kind of issue where they're, they're saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to sell an investment property and I'm going to buy, let's say, a property. We see a lot of people doing it, and you, I know, also see a lot of people doing it from the Central Valley. They go from the Central Valley, kind of buy uh, coastal, and with the ultimate goal, I think, of maybe retiring there or using it as a second home or a vacation home, and you're right, with 1031, we've got to hold that property for an investment. And there's actually a revenue ruling that says any property that's been held as an investment for two years or more, in an audit, the IRS can't challenge the held for investment portion of the exchange. So as long as those clients hold that property for at least two years as an investment, um, then they can pretty much kind of do whatever they want with after that. Okay, so then it would qualify for them to move into if they so chose, right? Yes. Their exchange is legitimate and it can't be overturned or whatever they would do in that case. Right. Uh, interesting. I, I read about this and, and it's hard to predict where any laws will end up, but there's a lot of discussions lately about modifying or removing the 1031 exchange. I think I saw one just briefly and please correct me and I'm sure I'll be wrong on this, but like maybe the current version said you can do an exchange, but anything you gain over a certain amount of money is then going to be taxed. And I know, of course, we have a, a huge deficit, so they're trying to find ways to raise money. What do you hear about those types of things? It's a good question, and I think it's uh, on the forefront of a lot of investors' mind. Uh, you know, when our current president got uh, was running for election, he mentioned that he thought 1031 was a tax loophole. 
that should uh, go away or be limited. Uh, that wasn't a, a surprise. Uh, when President Obama was in office, he also uh, tried to limit 1031 to a million dollars uh, for an investor. Uh, so uh, when, when President Biden was elected, he mentioned in his Green Book proposal that he thought we should limit 1031 exchanges to uh, $500,000 of gain for an individual that you could exclude or up to a million dollars for a married couple. Okay. So this is something that we have been working on for a very long time. Topic that's, you know, for obvious reasons, very close to my president's heart. Sure. And so we have had, I think, more than 300 meetings with elected officials. I think we've done more than 35 fundraisers for elected officials. We've had two economic studies done uh, on this particular topic, uh, 1031, about the really the effects that it would have if you did away with it. And what we found was is that if you eliminated 1031 or severely, you know, kind of limited it, you would gain about $19.8 billion in revenue over the course of 10 years, but you would lose $39 billion of revenue from revenue sources like, you know, real estate agents and escrow officers and title people and inspectors and mortgage brokers. So it really ultimately ends up shrinking GDP. So it's kind of a net loss for the government uh, the House Ways and Means Committee uh, on both sides uh, of government, on, on both the Republican and the Democrat side, they both uh, understand the importance of 1031. So we are feeling pretty good that it might stay in the tax code, but you do have a new bill coming into place right now where they're looking for pay fors And 1031 is always uh, one of those things that they look at to, to pay for some of those bills. Sure, sure. Well, I, I mean, if, I think if you took away the personal home residence deduction, right, from five hundred thousand dollars i think a lot less people would even sell their homes um yeah i agree with that yeah so so what it does is it just shrinks the number of people that would move and locks them in there because i'm why would i give away you know especially when you've been accustomed to it right if it never occurred probably be different but at the end of the day it's like well i can take this tax free and i can go buy another house but if you had to pay taxes on all that then that limits what they can buy they go well i'm just going to stay here and not sell my home so i can see how that study makes some sense i guess so um we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens on that um any other uses you mentioned businesses and i wasn't really that familiar with it so if somebody owns a a, a liquor store or um you know like a if they own an accounting firm can can they sell that or does it have to be real property yeah so it does have to be real property so when i'm saying hey someone's selling maybe their business maybe they own you know a widget making company where they make widgets they own machines inside the building, but they also own the building and the land itself, so they can trade that. We see clients that do exchanges on gas stations where, you know, obviously the the uh, goodwill portion is not able to be exchanged or any equipment's not able to be exchanged, but the actual land could be part of the 1031. Yeah. Th thanks for explaining that. And can we get into costs? A lot of people want to know about logistics and costs, and, and, and you as the expert, I'll, I'll let you explain. I have my limited knowledge, but, you know, logistically, besides the timing, uh, is there much else somebody has to do? You, know, you just want to make sure that you get the exchange set up before escrow closes on your sale. Uh, fees are typically, you know, they range in price probably from the low end, $750 on up to a couple thousand dollars, depending on whether it's residential or commercial. Okay. We just charge a flat fee, $1,000. So you can figure somewhere right in that range. And then if I remember, there's some documents that I, I, I just, you know, to simplify, I tell people it's just like having a little separate escrow set of paperwork that you're going to sign. Um, would, there, would you describe anything else that someone needs to know about that so they're not intimidated by the process? 
You know, we do have a you know fairly lengthy set of documents, but it's really lengthy to kind of protect them in the event of an audit. Yeah. But you're kind of right. When someone asks us what we do, most of the time what I will tell them is we act like an escrow between your sale and your purchase. So, Greg, I mean, people call us, they need to accommodate or give your name, but um, do you mind sharing your contact information for our listeners? Because uh, what if somebody has a question about a 1031, what areas do you serve? And, and maybe just say a little bit about that. Yeah, so we cover kind of Southern and Central California. They're welcome to call me. Uh, you know, my phone number is 626-233-2773. We're a national organization. So if you call the, our 800 number, we have 16 offices across the country. So, you know, no matter where your property is located, we should be able to help you with an exchange. Not, not to put down any accountants, but, you know, when people have questions about exchanges, you're always nice. I can give people your name and number to ask you their questions. And I think it's an area of specialization that you know better than probably most anybody. That's, that's yeah, just been my experience. Advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Like a hundred different tax codes. I only need to know one. You just know the one. You're an expert in that one tax code. Good for you. I love it. Yeah. Well, Greg, hey, I think this will be super helpful for our listeners. I really appreciate you taking the time and thanks for all your great work over the years. Yeah, great. Nice to talk to you. Thank you for listening to the House Wazy podcast. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It comes out every Monday, so check for it in your feed for the latest information on the San Luis Obispo County market. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and on housewazy.com where you can find current listings and other real estate tips. Housewazy.com, that's H-A-L-S-W-E-A-S-E-Y.com. I am James Bueno, Director of Marketing for the House Swayze Group. If you're looking for anything real estate, give us a call, 805-781-3750. Al Swayze is a licensed California real estate broker. DRE number 01111911. The Slow County Real Estate with Hal Swayze podcast is a production of AGM Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.